Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is the second episode of season four, the 2018 festival season. Throughout this year, I've been traveling around the country to various barbecue festivals, and this episode is close to home as I head up to Brisbane for the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow. Before we get into it, I want to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. Just a quick note, the audio in these interviews has been extracted from live open-air videos that we shot on the day that were broadcast up onto a big screen. As a result, there's a bit of wind noise, the odd bit of feedback that I couldn't edit out, and occasionally we missed recording the start of the broadcasts. I'll chime in from here in the studio when that happens, though, to make sure you're brought up to date and you don't miss a thing. So without further ado, grab yourself a juicy reverse-seared steak and a lovely cold drink and let's explore the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? This is Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions and I am live today at the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow here in Cleveland. It is a beautiful southeast Queensland sunny day. We've got blue sky, we've got just a touch of clouds and a beautiful breeze to just take the heat off it all. So with me today, I've got uh, Summer here from the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow team and she's going to tell us a bit about what's going on today. Hi guys, how are you going? It's a pretty awesome day here down at um, Redland Bay at the showgrounds. The sun is shining and we have 37 barbecue teams competing in the Queensland Barbecue Championships. Um, first turn-in is just about to happen and we're going to be having a chat with uh, Graham from Pit Crew Barbecue shortly. Um, also, the, uh, all the food stalls are happening, the beers are happening, we also have wines and spirits. So, you know, if you're not a beer drinker, you can still head down and, and have some other sorts of drinks as well. Um, we also have, I just wanted to let everyone know that today is a cashless event so basically all you need to do is come in grab a card pay for your card and then you can go around to any of the vendors and use your uh, card to actually purchase any of the food and drinks or anything at the market stalls here today um, getting here today if you're heading here by public transport you can catch the train to Cleveland Station uh, Cleveland Station actually we've got yellow cabs doing some shuttles from for free um, from one from 11 till 1 <laughs> today and then also from 7 till 9 tonight. But if you're driving, um, we also have parking on site and it's $5 uh, for the parking and that's all profits for the parking actually go to our uh, festival partner, our charity partner, the Cage Youth Foundation. So if you are heading down and you want to park, you're more than welcome to, but just remember to uh, drink responsibly, don't drink and drive. <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Alrighty, as uh, as Summer just said, we do have a very special guest. He's just done his first hand in. That's chicken. It's one of the trickier cuts that there is. And we've got no man with a greater barbecue beard than Graham from Pit Crew Barbecue is going to come join us. Graham, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm so well, mate. What about yourself? Good, man. Good. Tell me, how was the chicken? The chicken. Uh, well, you know, we we always hope it's good. It's it's a nemesis cut, like you say. Um, it always causes a little bit of problems and. Uh, Maybe you have to concentrate a little too hard on chicken, I feel, sometimes. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we, we hope for the best. We, we were happy. How about that? That's <laughs> the most important thing, mate. That Amen. is the most important thing. So yep. when chicken is being done in competitions, there's usually thighs or uh, drumsticks or chicken wings or breasts. What did you do today? Uh, we do thigh. We do a uh, little bone-in thigh, roll it as a lot of people do, brine it, like, uh, halfway through the morning. And... Uh, then just pray. <laughs> the most important part. <laughs> so tell me, did you cupcake it? Uh, we actually individually wrap ours. So, I mean, it's a similar sort of process to a cupcake, but um, yeah, just individual wrap and then, um, so uh, I guess like a little little pillow, pillow, pillowy, chickeny goodness. Sounds divine, mate. Now, what sort of flavors did you throw in there as well? Uh, Basically, a lot of the things that you would have expected, I, I would imagine. 
without revealing too much, I guess. Um, yeah, nice savoury rub, uh, a savoury brine, a little bit of brown sugar in there as well, and then like a nice sweet glaze to, to finish it up. Mate, that sounds delicious. Best of luck with it, and I hope to see you up on the stage. Oh, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Too good. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers. So there you have it, folks. Redland Bay Showgrounds, Beer and Barbecue Roadshow. Get on down here real quick. And now I've got with me Chris from Pits and Giggles Barbecue, one of the most high-tech teams you're going to see here. And he, we're going to talk about pork ribs. So, mate, how's the festival been for you? Uh, we're having a great time. We uh, pulled in here last night, uh, got ourselves set up, uh, got all their gear organised, and uh, we started cooking about, oh, about 2 a.m. Uh, so I've had about an hour sleep. Uh, had about half a dozen beers last night. But it's having a great time. And it's such beautiful weather today. Now the wind's backed off a bit. <laughs> So for the, for the viewers who may not be uh, aware of Low and Slow Barbecue, why did you start cooking at 2 o'clock in the morning? So the, the whole essence of Low and Slow is that um, the, the type of cuts we're cooking uh, are quite sinuous and uh, they're not sort of cuts you can cook quickly. Uh, if you cook it like steak, uh, what will happen is that um, they'll just be tough and horrible regardless of what you do. So the only way you can do it is you cook at a much lower temperature over a long period of time uh, and that allows uh, all of the, the collagen and the sinew and everything and all the fat that sits in between those layers of meat uh, to all break down so it just becomes super soft and, uh, and of course fat is flavour as they say. It so is, it, it is. It tastes sensational. <laughs> Mate, I'm so hungry. Now, how did you go with your pork ribs? Pork ribs went pretty well. We, uh, they went on at uh, 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, we whacked them on. We did two ribs. Uh, we use a St. Louis cut rib uh, that our butcher uh, cuts up for us. Uh, so as I said, we whacked them on at 7 o'clock. They uh, sat in the main smoker for, we've got a little Weber Smoky Mountains. Uh, so it sat in there for uh, probably about three and a half hours until uh, it came up to a temperature I was happy, happy with. We gave a bit of a spritz about every hour or so uh, with a mixture of um, apple, cider, apple cider, apple cider vinegar uh, and a bit of Worcestershire sauce. So that was just to keep the moisture uh, into them. Uh, then we took them out, wrapped them up in alfoil with some brown sugar and butter because butter makes everything better. It does, <laughs> it does, absolutely. Uh, so wrapped them up in alfoil for probably about an hour and that brought them right up to the temperature we wanted, mm. so back in the cooker. Uh, and then we let them rest, put them in the Cambro, held them at temp, cut them up, put them in the box, and they taste cracking. Oh, lovely. So you mentioned St. Louis cut before. Yeah. How is a St. Louis cut different from, like, you know, a rib that you get at the pub? Righto, so the, uh, with, a, with pork ribs, uh, they basically come from, if you think about the side of a, of a pig and sort of working from the spine uh, round to the belly, uh, the different cuts come from different lines uh, along that rib. So there's three lines. Uh, you've got the baby backs come from the top, uh, the spare ribs sort of come from the bottom, and the, the St. Louis is actually comes from the breastplate. So it sits in this main section uh, and covers that, um, that sort of main rib near the sternum uh, and gives you that nice cut in there. So it's actually, uh, when you, you buy pork belly, uh, and most people would have eaten pork belly at some stage, uh, the St. Louis cut ribs are actually the ones that got cut off the bottom of the pork belly. Beautiful. And so why did you choose a St. Louis over a baby back set? Uh, I like the St. Louis because it's, um, uh, it's got really nice meat, nice meat on it because uh, of where it sits, uh, sitting up fairly high. Uh, it's, it's almost the, the brisket of the pig, uh, effectively. So it sort of sits up in that area. Uh, it's really nice and meaty and it's, it's uh, you can get a nice straight cut with it. So uh, we work very closely with um, uh, our butcher Chris uh, over at uh, Jack Purcell Meats. Uh, he cuts all of our meat for us to order. So he actually goes out and they actually cut sections off the pig and cut up what we need uh, as we need it. So he cut them, cuts them all up for me and we spent a while mucking around to get exactly what we wanted. Uh, but yeah, it, it comes up nice uh, and you get nice little presentation ribs and they're nice and flat. Mate, that sounds absolutely amazing. I really have my fingers crossed that you're going to do really well with that and I'll see you up on stage picking up some trophies. Yeah, it, it'd be nice. It'd, it'd be good to, to get that in a bit of a go. Um, you know, we've, we've been only been, we've been cooking for about 12 months uh, and it'd be nice to give um, you know, give our sponsors a bit of a run. As I said, you know, the, the Jack Purcell guys, uh, they've been great to us. Um, the, we, we cook on charcoal and Spinifex provide, uh, Spinifex Country provide all of our charcoal for us and it's just cracking, cracking gear and of course you were 
talking about the high tech. Our smart fires. Can't go without a smart fires. <laughs> they sit and they line up, uh, you set your temperature in the in our Webers, uh, and the, the smart fire on the Weber set the temperature and it will hold that temp all day. Uh, it's absolutely awesome. Sounds beautiful, mate, and it's great to see that you're getting the support uh, from industry that you need for this growing sport here in Australia. Yeah, but it's great. It's good to have people come along for the ride and, and give you a bit of a hand because it can be extraordinarily expensive thing to do because uh, we're cooking about $400 worth of meat this weekend. <laughs> wow, that's a, that, that's a big commitment. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. That's a whole lot of... <clears throat> Excuse me, that's a whole lot of great information for you on, on your pork ribs. So uh, if you're not here already, I want to see you here soon. Hey folks, Ben in the studio here. In this clip, I talk pork with Peter from the Charcoal Kings. So let's get into it. Mate, how has the competition been treating you this weekend? Look, it's, uh, it's a crazy one here today at uh, this Beer and Barbecue Roadshow. I tell you, six, six categories in five hours is massive. It's, uh, it's the first time our team's competed in that many categories in such a short period. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a stressful day. But, yeah, like we said, we're all focused on the pork now. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's one of the, probably one of the big categories along with the, the brisket. It's what barbecue's famous for out there. Uh, so today, I guess we, we chose uh, to use the whole Boston butt uh, when we look at the pork. So, you know, the, when we're cooking pork category, we're generally just cooking the shoulder. Uh, so uh, cooking that whole Boston butt gives us uh, the opportunity to use different cuts. Um, we end up using what they call the money muscle. Uh, we end up using some parts of the bark and also some, pull, some pulled and chopped meats. And generally, um, with our pork, I mean, the, the key thing thing for us is that uh, we really focus on getting really good quality pork um, so so we choose to use local pork from Gundawindi uh, it's uh, from Barradale and um, we partner with uh, the butcher shop at Cannon Hill to to make sure that we get we get the best quality meat in what we're cooking I mean the barbecuing is one part of it the the selection of the meat is is another part and, and is if we can choose local quality meat which we get good meat here in Queensland then, then that's a big thing for us as well. I mean, we're, I mean, we're kind of lucky in a little bit that all of our team are all chefs. So uh, wow, we we we've had a, yeah, we've had a we've had a lot of experience with a lot of farmers out there and a lot of these uh, the growers and they're they're really so passionate about the the animals that they're raising. You know, not of uh, I mean our our beef products. So we generally try to use uh, black onyx beef when we're doing our briskets, and you know even down to sometimes we're using Cape Brim beef and I've never seen farmers so passionate about growing grass. You know, if they get good quality grass then they get good quality cows and then good quality meat. So um, there's, there's a lot of you know, selection that we go through as to the quality of meat that we choose. Um, and then I guess with the pork that we're handing in at the moment, we really, I mean, we go from beginning to end, selecting the meat, uh, partnering with the right butcher, um, making all of our own rubs and sauces that we choose. So these, uh, the pork category, we've got, uh, we're cooking two different butts. So one primarily at a, a lower temperature for our bunny muscle and then one a bit higher for our pulled meats. And we use different rubs and different sauces for each component and things as well so a lot a lot going on and uh, I hope I hope the judges love it um, but yeah I mean in terms of the the cooking I think I think we had these in probably around seven o'clock this morning and for handing in uh, around three o'clock today so yeah there's uh, seven or eight hours yeah, seven, seven, about eight hour cook time we aim wow. for on on the pork um, and we're we're using a combination sometimes we're using a a, a barrel smoker uh, or a drum smoker and we've also got a patio smoker that I mean again we, we partner with uh, Tim from Recent Sons with uh, regards to you know getting our smokers and, and getting the right cooks on our products as well. Wow man so, there's so much information to unpack. Yeah. The first thing that I want to ask that I'm sure that the viewers are, are, are asking themselves 
Did you just say you're eating the butt and that the butt comes from the shoulder? It's uh, it's probably the most confusing things when you, you come and you talk about pork shoulder and, and they call it a Boston butt. I mean, but yeah, the the, the Boston butt is, is the cut um, that encases yeah, the, the shoulder and the blade. And there's there's a few different muscles in there that we get to choose from. Um, and we, we generally are cooking it whole. Um, and I mean, there's lots of different ways you can go about cooking it. Uh, we generally... Yeah, we're trying to get a nice bark on the, the flesh side, so we're cooking fat side down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably, yeah, maybe a little bit higher than higher in temperature than a lot of traditional low briskets or something like that. What does that word bark mean? You keep saying bark. Uh, look, it, it refers to probably the exterior of the product. Um, we're looking for not only good colorization on the, on the exterior, but it's all, I guess, about the texture and the flavor. I mean, that's, that's where you're getting the majority of the flavor of your rubs that you're choosing. Um, so you want that really, the flavor of the rub to, to come through in, in the bark. Um, yeah, we, we use a lot of different moisture sprays as, as we're going through the process to make sure that our bark's not too dry. Uh, that's that's probably one of the things uh, when we first started to where we are now just just you know it's so many different things to try and get the perfect end result and what we're trying to achieve sounds amazing mate thank you so much for your time so there you have it folks it's the world of competition barbecue through the eyes of a fully qualified chef who has been up for all night he's been up all night and he's just cooked an eight hour big chunk of pork and hand into the judges mate good luck and hope and hope to see you up on the stage two more to go See you later. This is Bretto from the Flaming Mongrels and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Hey folks, Ben in the studio here again. Coming up next is a recording from the Q&A session that we did live on stage. The special guests were Bretto from the Flaming Mongrels, Ashley from Shank Sisters Barbecue and Matt from Smoking Sappers Barbecue. The recording picks up just after the trio have introduced themselves and the questions from the audience start rolling in. So I'm going to get out of the way and let's get into it. So how do you set up a team? Like what do you need to know to get into competition season? So, you know what? When I set up a team, we had no idea what we were doing. We saw an ad on, uh, on the Australasian Barbecue Alliance website that I'd actually only found a couple of weeks beforehand. I called three mates, I actually called two mates and said, I'll tell you what, this is what we're doing. I need this much money from you and you need to show up with a Weber kettle and that's what we did. We, we did our first comp with a, like a line of Weber kettles that we'd found on the side of the road that we'd had for 15 or 20 years. And uh, it's, the, the reality is, it's finding a comp and just diving in and trying it out because you won't have any more fun than you will doing this. I would also agree and say just jump straight in. People think competition barbecue is way different to backyard barbecue, and realistically it is. However, the only way to learn competition barbecue is to get you know three or four of your friends together, girls, boys, everyone's now welcome. D- dive into the deep end. Everyone knows in the competition barbecue circuit that your next door neighbours are going to help you out. There are people constantly walking up and down that line. Have you got garlic? Can we borrow a plastic bag? Who's who forgot some parsley? Who's got parsley? This type of thing. So. <laughs> It's definitely really super friendly, and there's only one way to do it, it's diving. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do not give him the mic. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, Grayson, first-time barbecuer, uh, long-time eater. Um, Just wanted to know, for, like, a first-time barbecuer, what should I be looking for, uh, you know, when I finally get it cooked, like, what would I know just by looking at it? Like, yeah, this is going to be good. Everyone's going to love this for the piece of meat that I'm barbecuing. I suppose if you're cooking at home towards competition, it's a little bit different. I mean, at home, we tend to make things like pork ribs fall off the bone. Um, competition, they have to have a perfect bite through. So, I mean, the biggest thing that we sort of tend to do is cater to our market. So up in Bundaberg last weekend, we sort of make the flavour profiles a little less spicy than we do this weekend because people tend to like sometimes more exotic flavours in the cities. Um, but I suppose you're always looking for a beautiful smoke ring, so on your brisket or your pork ribs or beef cheeks or whatever you're cooking. Um, make sure the meat's nice and tender, generally falling apart and really juicy. A good rule of thumb is if you have to chew, you haven't cooked it enough. Yeah. I love that. That's hilarious. All right. One of the things that I love about the barbecue scene is that barbecue lends itself to charity work and, and helping each other so well. 
And uh, I know that uh, Matt from Smoke and Sappers in particular, he does a whole lot with his barbecue team uh, to help other people in society. So Matt, would you mind just telling us a little bit about what you guys do and, uh, and the impact that it has? Okay, so um, we support uh, organisations like Mates for Mates, which is a, it's a physical and mental wellbeing organisation. Uh, we'll go along and we'll do cook-ups with the guys um, that might, may have a physical or a uh, psychological issue. And, and it just gives them something to focus on, something new to do, and a new skill to learn, and something that lets them sit around and sort of just with their mates and have a bit of a good time. Um, the other things we do is like we'll work with uh, a new organisation called 42 for 42. So my whole team are all Afghanistan veterans. Um, we, we hold the Afghan conflict very close to our hearts. And uh, 42 for 42 is trying to build a, um, a memorial at Suncorp Stadium. So we raise funds for them, we go along, we do that, we cook for them, we cook for the hundreds of people that show up and do their stomps. Um, we just try to feed as many people as we can and make sure that they come back and give more money next year, um, which is always fun. Uh, we take a lot of pride in what we do uh, and I think we make an impact and, and I know that the guys that we, that we interact with, whether they be Vietnam veterans, well, the few uh, World War II veterans uh, that are left, they, they really appreciate it, and, and like we really appreciate doing it. Makes, it. makes it feel good. There you go, folks. How good is that, helping our return servicemen? And Matt himself actually is a current serving serviceman, so that is just uh, fantastic what he does for our country and for the community as a whole. Now, yes, very good, very good. Thanks for serving, Matty. Thanks, mate. Stick your hand up if you want to ask a question of anybody. Yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> Give it to us. What's the longest cook you've ever done? Oh, nice one. So I think the question was, what's the longest cook that we've ever done? I reckon today's pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, so when you're cooking secondary cuts of meat, like barbecue's all about, uh, the idea, of course, is that you're taking the secondary cut of meat. It's not a, it's not a lean easy cut of meat that you can cook in 15 minutes or 10 minutes or even, even an hour. Uh, the idea with low and slow cooking is that yes we are, the idea is to cook it for a long time. So of course the bigger cuts of meat tend to lend themselves towards longer cooks. Of course uh, when we do competition brisket we try and want to get some sleep overnight so we've refined the way we might do a brisket in competition but at home it's easy to cook a brisket for 10 hours which is all your school day, plus homework, plus the ride home on the bus, and probably a little bit of pepper Pig, which you're a bit old for, I'm guessing. So quite a long time, quite a long time cooking. Ten hours is probably the longest. These days I, I try and cut it down a little bit because I've got other things to do. But uh, yeah, probably about ten hours. How do you get your wife interested in barbecuing? Impossible. Not, I don't want that to happen. <coughs> No, I'm quite... So, did I mention that we were four dads with four wives, each with two kids, and our wives are nowhere near to be seen? And that's no disrespect to our wives. Our, in fact, not dissimilar the way Matt does it, but we're all in our mid-40s. We don't own Ferraris or Harley-Davidson's. We own very expensive barbecues. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, we've had uh, team members that come and go that are dealing with some of the men's issues uh, that men of our age in our 40s uh, have to deal with. So our wives like us to get away when we're overnight cooking or even hanging out at the barbecue. We tend to open up to each other a little bit more and, it's, and, and blokes don't do that often enough. And admittedly, maybe sometimes we open a bit, a bit too much, but if, if the blokes can get to have a chat to each other in a men's health kind of way, I think that's a good thing. So the wives are quite happy to let us go about that. Of course, the other thing you can do is you can cook good, good barbecue at home for your wives and families. I can't get her to come to comp though. I, I just cook good barbecue at home and she lets me do whatever I want when I go away for, or not whatever I want, but within reason, I can do whatever I want at a barbecue competition as long as I can get home safely. Now that's not to say that wives are not welcome on the circuit. We don't want to give that impression whatsoever. In fact, the Shank sisters are actually pioneering the way for all female teams on the circuit. So let's give them a big round of applause. <laughs> there's, there's also plenty of husband-wife teams. We've got a brand new team uh, next to us today, uh, the husband and wife team. There are plenty of husband and wife teams that excel at what we do. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not a men's sport. 
um, it just so happens that our team is so big, but as I say, the girls, there's plenty of... The there are plenty of women in barbecue. Absolutely. And plenty of women that join teams that, I mean, there aren't that many full women teams. So we were actually Australia's first all-women team. I sort of jumped on board a little bit late, but um, Smoke on the Water, they... It's perfect, um, and there's actually a few new teams this year. I think there's five new all-women's teams entering the circuit this year, which is really exciting. And it's sort of great because we've had so many women come up today and be like, what are you guys doing? How do we get involved? And where, where do you get all your stuff from? So we, we had, I heard a couple of whispers while we were plating up. Jesus, uh, nice to see the men in the kitchen. Look at all these blokes here around the kitchen, and they've got their, their toothpicks and their gloves Finally on. Finally cleaning up. So particular. <laughs> I heard a couple of whispers. I didn't want to turn around to them. <laughs> We take, we take pride in what we do. <laughs> i got a question that I'd like to ask Ashley, actually. So I'll, I'll, you're next. <laughs> so as a, as a connoisseur of flavour, you've come from a background as a, as a huge foodie. Um, how do you cater your flavour profiles for different regional competitions? So a metro competition versus a rural competition, for example. Mm-hmm. So I suppose the biggest thing is we love playing with flavour profiles. So today, um, it's, am I allowed to say yeah, that I've put yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what um, I've put on the pork ribs today is a blend of chocolate, chilli, and it's quite punchy. Uh, it's, not, <laughs> it's not for everyone. Um, but you find that in the more rural towns, people aren't as willing to have a hot um, pork rib or... Anything like that, yeah. Um, They tend to want sweet, like the traditional barbecue flavours, so they want sweet, salty and smoky. Um, And, I mean, we take pride in making all of our rubs and our sauces from scratch. Um, I mean, you can buy some amazing rubs and sauces now that basically cover everything you could possibly want, and they are comp-winning sauces, but we really enjoy playing with flavour profiles every week and every comp. It's not always the greatest decision, but um, yeah, it's really fun to play around. And I mean, we've got guinea pigs at home that love tasting, whether or not it actually tastes delicious. Put barbecue sauce on it. Keep trying, keep changing, keep going. Yeah, always. Uh, so you see online that there's a lot of American places that they may recommend using a lot of American timbers for all their smoking. What would be your favourite Australian timbers for smoking with to give a really nice flavour? So my favourite is ironbark. So ironbark gives a good, it's a good, solid, um, dense wood. It gives a nice, sort of not overpowering flavour. Um, and you can add other, other fruit woods or anything, like cherry woods or apple woods to it, and that'll help you with that as well. Uh, but definitely my, my, my go-to base is, is an ironbark. What's your favourite fruit wood to add? My favourite fruit wood is pecan. Is it? Yeah. Very nice. Are we going to have a, it's not a fruit argument or... <laughs> We'll leave that one. <laughs> it's, got a, it's a seed, whatever. Uh, cherry, cherry. Then there you go, cherry. It's got a seed as well. We, we also we also use ironbark. We love our ironbark. There are plenty of Australian woods that are quite good. In fact, when you talk about American woods, we'd probably not use anything in the mesquite. What you what people read about mesquite or, or odor. There's a few it's very acrid to taste. Yeah, we we, we, we you know that even hickory. You, you know the the some of the bigger barbecue. Uh, Barbecue store chains or even the hardware stores are quite happy to try and sell their mosquito, their, their you know their hickory chunks. We, we, I'd recommend looking into some of the the pecans and the cherries and the oaks and the you know there's pl- even macadamia. What a great choice! You know, banksia. Pardon me. Banksia. There you go, banksia, banksia cones. In fact, the the, the like, some don't... of the kids get involved at some of the competitions. Why? Excuse me, collecting Banksia cones and hustling them, and then coming to sell them to the barbecue teams. <laughs> Making five bucks a pop, clever. They've got Shank brother hats on, not Shank sister. And limited edition <laughs> Shank sister stickers that no one else has got. Uh, just for everyone there, I know you've all got a benchmark team. Is there someone that you look at who's entered and say, right, we want to beat that that particular team? Both of them. <laughs> Oh, look, that's a good question. We've also been around in barbecue since the very early days of Australian competition barbecue. Um, There are some amazing teams on the circuit, but a a prime example last weekend is at the Cods, Smoky Cods? Yeah, Smoky Cods. Brand new team last week, Bundaberg. No one had seen them before a competition. 
Everyone's like, oh yeah, these blokes are pretty cool. Scored a couple of call-ups onto the stage. Top tank. First, first cab off the rank. There are multiple teams that I'm sure people go, yeah, we'd love to be like them. Um, the Shank brothers, who are only competing in three comps this year, right. are great. And they, um, they've got a chef on their team, so they tend to play with flavour profiles as well. But they're great competitors. But um, if I, if I can, they're a bit elusive. <laughs> if I can give a bit of a quick call out to our Victorian counterparts, uh, we, I spent a fair bit of time down in Victoria doing some barbecue as well, and I definitely look up to uh, teams like the Natural Born Grillers. Yep. Uh, th th their flavouring is just, they are just great cooks. And they recently picked up some of the RGCs and GCs. So yeah, they're on a winning streak. They are. Don't get us wrong, it's still competitive, but we all get along really well. And there are teams, so uh, the Smoking Hot Bros were our mentors, I suppose, when we first started. Brisket legends. They are brisket legends. and, and I, I'm the, I won't lie, I, I, I want to beat them at brisket. Correct. <laughs> who's, who's your favourite team? Do you follow anyone on social media or have you got, have you got some favourite teams? You... Oh, I've got some links to Darryl, Double Barrel Swingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, the, the, a great, great barbecue team that yeah, people look up to every, every week. Beautiful. Now, Bretto, you just mentioned a bit about Melbourne and going and spending a bit of time down south there. Now, we have a bit of a an element of Australian culture, the FIFO culture, the fly-in, fly-out. Now, from what you've basically been saying, you're a bit of a FIFO barbecuer. Can you tell us what sort of logistics is involved with flying in, flying out for a barbecue competition? No, no some people. We, def we definitely, uh, well, we've done, we've done a couple of competitions where our team members have joined up with other team members in different states. Uh, last year at the Meatstock Festival in Melbourne, uh, we flew two of our members down uh, to compete uh, alongside uh, another team as a collaboration. And Barbecue does a lot of collaboration stuff. Uh, I know we were talking about the Shank Brothers earlier on this year, they're only doing three comps. They do a lot of collaboration stuff in, here in Brisbane. You know, and you guys, obviously, if, you, if you're not looking out for the Shank Brothers to see what sort of amazing stuff they do around town, you, you definitely need to do that. Uh, as for, we, we competed as a team in Sydney last year at the Kingsford Invitational, uh, and we borrowed pretty much all of our gear from another team. Uh, we took a few bits and pieces down, but we, uh, we flew down and borrowed all of our gear. So, again, when you're keeping with 150 of your best mates, there are people who drive up from Victoria. We, there are teams that do drive down, to, down south to do competitions. I'm more of a, I'm more of a Virgin Lounge uh, platinum class kind of guy, as you can tell. He's actually not joking about that. He invited me into the Platinum Lounge when we were down in Melbourne just a few weeks ago. My God, how the other half of this. <laughs> nice, wow. isn't it? Yeah, very nice. I didn't want to go home. So, we've talked about how long it takes to cook and the kind of work that you've all put into this weekend already. Give us an idea of how many competitions you would do in a year and how many kilometres that would involve. Because it's not just a matter of you know, living over there and coming and competing here once a year. What sort of, what sort of commitment are we talking on a, on a, on a yearly schedule? So, like, we, we tend to just do uh, sort of Queensland competitions or maybe Port Macquarie will be about as far south as we'll go. So, uh, namely because uh, for most of us, work commitments, it's hard for us to spend extended times driving. Um, but I suppose last weekend we were at Bundaberg. Uh, this weekend we came down here. I think in a couple of weeks we've got Brisbane. And then uh, we'll go down to Burley, Bangalore, Port, Port Macquarie. Uh, out to Toowoomba, we were going to go out to John Darren, we're, we're out near uh, Dolby. So you're looking at, it's a good solid, for most of the comps, we'll, we'll drive four or five hours each way at least. Um, so that's, it ends up running up a fair few kilometres. So barbecue competition in Australia has evolved a lot since uh, we started as well, where there was only sort of five or six competitions a year and you had to travel to Sydney and you had to travel to Port Macquarie and you had to travel to go and do them. We're now lucky in Queensland uh, that we get the likes of the, the Beer and Barbecue Roadshow uh, and, and plenty of other competitions here in Queensland. So we're the same now. We have done some kilometres. Uh, we don't like competing on bitumen. We love coming and competing on grass. Uh, so we, we won't do the big ones in Sydney anymore. Um, but we are lucky now that there's plenty here in Queensland for us to do. We don't have to go as far as we used to. Beautiful, fantastic. We do have another question over here. Oh, they're pointing at each other. <laughs> How about I count to three and you both ask a question at the same time? What do the judges look for in good quality food? So how do they tell one 
competition between the other. And, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Judging is a very subjective thing. Um, in the end, and I think somebody said it really, really, really concisely, is that uh, competition barbecue is the art of attempting to, uh, what is it, insult the least amount of people with your food. So, <laughs> um, every, everybody's got their own personal tastes. So regardless of what the judging, uh, judging course says, you know, these are the flavour profiles we look for or whatever, um, if you don't like that flavour, you don't like it and you're going to score it poorly. Uh, so that's where it comes into, well, I want to insult the least amount of people as I can, so I'll put in this sort of flavour profile. Uh, it can be very frustrating at times. Uh, at times you'll think, wow, I've really nailed that on the head, it's going to be amazing, and then you haven't. <laughs> you get a six or a seven, and yeah. Have, have you had a go at judging yet? So the, the judging process is open to anyone. Uh, you don't have to be... Uh, you can come off the street and be a judge. There is a judging course that's required to be done uh, prior to sitting in the judge's room. It is, it's a great gig. It really is a great gig. And if you keep an eye on the likes of barbecue Facebook pages and whatnot, uh, they do open the judging up to... Everybody, uh, I suggest if you if you like what you've seen here today, and if you like barbecue, and you've got four or five hours to sit and eat a crap ton of barbecue, I honestly recommend trying to get a seat. Absolutely. Yeah, most of those judging courses are actually done in the morning of the competition. So you come in early, you do the comp, uh, the comp judging course, and then you get to actually judge that comp that day. So it's, it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool. It, it's actually how I got into competition barbecue. I started as a judge, and I went, all right, I gotta get right into this. Okay, I have about two more minutes left from these, uh, from these pit masters. They actually have to go back to their teams and they've got 15 minutes before the next hand in. Do we have any last questions for them? <laughs> all right, in that case, oh, someone was pointing down here. No, all right, in that case, Tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet, folks, and follow you on all your socials and all that sort of stuff. So, we're called the Flaming Mongrels. Uh, you can find us anywhere you type the word Flaming Mongrels into anywhere, you'll be able to find us. Uh, can't, can't, be, can't be hard. We're always around. Instagram, all the, all the stuff. Yep, we're Shank's Sisters Barbecue um, on, I'm pretty sure, Facebook and Instagram, so find us there. And uh, it's Smokin' Sappers Barbecue. Uh, and yeah, we're on Facebook and uh, Instagram. And uh, it yeah. will take over your feed, by the way. If you start signing up to oh. barbecue, barbecue stuff, follow one, you follow all. And yeah, you get into it. Yeah, you can't get away from it once you start. <laughs> there you are, ladies and gentlemen. Can you please give a big round of applause and a big thank you to these three pitmasters? They have taken time away from their teams preparing their handings to come share some knowledge with you this afternoon. We, thank you very much and good afternoon. We just want to say thank you to the judges that turn up, the people that turn up to barbecue competitions, our fellow competitors, Julian, for putting it on, Ben, for hosting this type of thing. This is what we love to do. We thank you for coming out to see some of our, some of our stuff. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And if you're thinking about doing competition barbecue, just dive in. Just hold your breath and Ask dive in. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ben from Smoking Hot Confessions and I am at the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow. I've been here all day. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. The crowds are still lining up for the food. This place is awesome. Now, the competitors have already had uh, four hand-ins already today. There's two more left to go. And one of the hand-ins is quite possibly the most Australian hand-in you're ever gonna hear about. And it's actually what sets the Australian barbecue scene apart from all the other barbecue scenes out there around the world. And that is lamb. And I've got two of the best lamb guys there are in Australia with me right now. I've got Andrew and Ash from Ham Dunk Barbecue. But we're not talking ham, we're talking lamb. How are you enjoying the comp, guys? Oh, it's been pretty good so far. Crowds are great, pretty friendly. Yeah, good we're beer. pretty happy. Uh, pretty happy with our turn-ins thus far. So hopefully we continue on the uh, on the upwards towards the end of the day. I hope so too, man. Now speaking of those uh, hand-ins, we're here to talk lamb. So tell me, did you do grandma's lamb roast for the competition today? <laughs> uh, not really. We did do three separate cuts provided by our wonderful sponsors, Two Butchers, and. Um, that was lamb backstrap, cutlets, and just shoulder. a lamb shoulder. Yeah, but 
this is really Ash's baby. He can tell you more about exactly what he did to make it special. Okay, well then you just got to stand over there. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Stay here, stay here. So look, got to start with the fact that, look, lamb was, uh, was not one of my favorite things to eat until I met my, uh, my wife, she's a Kiwi. Started cooking lamb, it's now my favorite thing to cook. Uh, put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, we're using Sovereign Lamb at the moment, uh, new product that we've picked up, and absolutely beautiful cut of meat. Um, yeah, with, as Andrew said, backstrap, uh, cutlets, and shoulder. Won't give too much away, but uh, you look, we're using standard sort of Aussie flavors. I know that a lot of teams are using standard sort of rub that we might be using as well. Uh, we like to cut it with something a little bit sweeter, um, just to, to, to back off on the uh, on some of the flavors there. So that's been working well for us. Um, it's actually become probably our best performing category within the last uh, last few competitions. Um, I guess more recently, a bit of a highlight was fifth place at Port Macquarie last year. Nice. So that was uh, that was pretty pretty good for us. Um, hopefully, we're on the upwards with this one. Definitely, really happy with the look of our box today. It uh, really looked good. We're happy with it. Let's just hope the judges agree. Well, everybody's probably familiar with lamb cutlets, and we're going to circle back to shoulder in a minute. Where does the backstrap come from, and why did you choose to use that cut? So to be honest, I'm not hugely familiar with the backstrap. <laughs> I should know a bit more about that one. Um, actually, pulled that one from from a new new member of the team. He's a trained trained chef, done a little bit of work, and he suggested using backstrap and uh, showed me the ropes with with backstrap. Um, we were using just cutlets and pull. This is our first competition using backstraps, so I'm kind of following Dave's lead a little bit in our team. Um, look, we thought maybe we can use some different flavor profiles. Uh, cutlets, you know, shoulder, got a very strong sort of flavor. Thought backstraps a little more delicate. We can do something else with it rather than just smashing it with the standard sort of sauce and the injections and heavy rub that uh, every other cut goes with. So we tried to, to back off a little bit on the flavor and try and let the lamb show, you know, shine through, which a lot of the times with the other flavor, you know, cuts, you, you gotta try and push more flavor into it for the judge. Very nice. Now, as I said, we are gonna circle back to the shoulder. Now, I grew up on a farm and we always used to slice the shoulder into chops because it was so bony and sinewy. Why would you wanna choose something like a lamb shoulder to come here and spend however many hours you spent in the beautiful sunshine here, cooking it up to hand it to judges who are going to uh, appraise it um, when there's so many bones and sinews and things in there. Hey, look, it's the most marble cut of meat that you can use up towards the neck. Uh, we're actually using, I guess you could say, the, the equivalent to the Boston butt side of the side of the lamb. So um, we actually use the meat up towards the chine bone, the spine. We leave, we like that left in on our shoulder. A lot of the time, you know, your local Woolworths, that's all removed. We prefer to have that in, and we find the meat against that chine bone to just be spectacular. You know, breaking down those those muscle fibres, you know, and 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 the fat within, and rendering it right down over a long period of time. Just yeah, best meat you can get out of a lamb in my mind. Sounds absolutely delicious. And which of the three was your favourite, boss? Oh, pretty much the cutlets. I never used to be a lamb fan before this, but it's grown on me quite a while, quite a lot. We turned him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me today and to tell everybody about Lamb and, and all the work that you've done here uh, this weekend at this beautiful festival. So there you have it, folks. There's three different cuts of lamb that you can use in a low and slow barbecue competition. Thank you very much to these gentlemen and thank you for watching. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben. I'm from Smoking Hot Confessions. And this afternoon, it's four o'clock. The sun is still shining and beautiful and warm. And uh, we are at the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow at Redland Bay Showground. We're open till nine o'clock tonight. We've got live bands playing until then. We've got food, we've got beer, we've got wine, we've got family-friendly activities for the kids. Do make sure you come on down and see us this evening. But four o'clock means it's brisket hand in time. And to talk brisket with me this afternoon, I've got Chris from My Q for You. Mate, how's the festival been treating you? Oh, it's just been an absolute champion of a day. Uh, the weather's been great. It's just a pity that I've um, got a little bit of a cold, a bit of a frog in the back of the throat at the moment. But, well, you stay over there and I'll stay over here. Oh, and we, can, we can do that. That's not a drama. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish it on anyone. No, 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 no. Now, you've, you've travelled a pretty reasonable distance to... to yeah, be... we did, um, we did uh, Bundy last weekend. I went home for four days. Trailer didn't even make it off. The smoker didn't even make it off the trailer. Packed up Thursday night, in, in on early Friday morning. And we got to watch the crowds come in. It was very still yesterday, but the weather's just beautiful today on that side.
side of things. So yeah, no, a bit of a bit of a journey down from Rockhampton. All the way from Rocky. Yeah. Wow, far out. <laughs> now, as I said before, we're here to talk brisket. So yes. the first thing I want to ask is, why does everybody want to win brisket? Well, brisket's just one of those cuts. It's just the pinnacle up there on that side of things. You'd know this yourself from you know, re recently competing in the Houston Rodeo. Like, it, it is just a hard cut to master. And, Every time I cook it, it just gets better and better on that side. You go, oh, what can I do better? What can I do this? And you just think about it and just yeah, push on through. For the viewers who may not be familiar with brisket, where does the brisket come from? It's the pectoral muscle of the cow. So it's up here, a very hard-working muscle, uh, a lot of collagens, uh, a lot of fat, um, and it does take a lot to get that to render down. So, you know, you're talking a well-done steak, might be 68 degrees C internal. You know, to cook a brisket, you're talking well anywhere, depending on what temperature you're cooking it at. Um, you could be talking anywhere from 95 to 110 degrees Celsius. Oh, wow. Yes. So you're really, really punching it yeah, up. You've really got to punch the BTUs into it just to get those collagens and fats to break down. Alrighty, so walk me through how you go about cooking a brisket. Well, you're talking home or for competition? What are you willing to share? Oh, a bit of everything. So home, <laughs> home, you just give it the general salt and pepper, a bit of a bit of a shave here and there, and just throw it on, and let it do its own thing. Competition, it's well, you've got to wow those judges with that first bite. So um, I tend to separate the point from the flat. The point will look after itself, no fat on it whatsoever at all. Just let it ride out, and pretty much by the time it's done, the wrap brisket is. Um, pretty much coming off at the same time on that side of things. So I punch mine out pretty hot, about 160 degrees Celsius, generally taking me about five and a half hours on that side of things. So the, the, the hand in windows for this comp was absolutely awesome. All three teammates, we went to bed at 11 o'clock last night. We were up at four and we've just been battling on all day. It's just been awesome. Mate, I love all the sounds of that. Now, can you run me through what, what burnt ends are? Burnt ends. Well, the point, it, it, it's a, it's got the extra fat in it. So a burnt end, you once it's cooked and it's, because it is cooked totally unwrapped, it gets that nice, lovely bark on it. You will then cube it up and then throw it back in some sauce and then you'll cook it for another couple of hours until that sugar in that sauce starts to crystallise and caramelise. It's just like a big sugary, sugary beef cube. It's just a awesome in your mouth. That would explain why I've heard uh, heard of them referred to as uh, beef marshmallows. Oh, sex on a, sex on a cube. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Look, I appreciate your time today. I realise you've got to go back. You've still got one more hand in to prepare for. And uh, I just want to say I appreciate your time and best no, of luck with you. it. So there you have it, folks. That's uh, Chris from myq for you giving us lots of brisket tips for you to get out there and cook your own brisket at home. And in the meantime, come in here, try our brisket. I'll see you later on tonight. Cereal Grillers Barbecue. That's awesome. Love it. I love yeah. it. How's the competition been treating you, Fraser? It's been good. It's been really good. It's been a great setup. Like, we've been to a few and they've been a bit wishy-washy, but this has just been an awesome setup. Great, like, crowd interaction. Everything's set up well. A bit windy. Um, not great for the temperatures with some of the barbies, but other than that, it's been awesome. Real fun. It's been a great day. It's been a real ripper of a day. Yes. The crowds have been loving it. Teams have been loving it. I've been loving it. Everyone's having a great time. I'm full as a goog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so beef ribs. Yep. How'd you go with them? Good, really good. Um, so we just done a nice few slices of the beef rib off the bone and then we did some burn ends as well. Uh, did a, like a really nice coffee um, stout, like chipotle sort of sauce on the burn ends. Oh, wow. Beautiful. It's my favourite sauce that we make. Uh, we were making all ourselves, so really, really nice. Hopefully we'll get a uh, get a good score with that one. Oh, yeah. that sounds amazing. It should be. It should be. I've got it all over my shirt, as you can see. So uh, I've been <laughs> doing a bit of tasting but it's yeah it's, it's worth it so what so what kind of barbecue do you cook these on uh so we've got a big offset i don't know the inch of it but it's got um it's on a big trailer um and yeah just in there on the racks got we use um bull oak and iron bark for the heat and then just all fruit woods from um bradley king's firewood so um yeah it's all been working pretty well so far yeah Really, really nice. That's great. So what, what fruit would do you pair with your beef ribs? Uh, we've been using cherry today, and I think nice. a little bit of manuka as well. So just a oh, wow. little bit of something, yeah, you know, just um, spice it up a little bit. But it's, um, you know, just all those flavours in there, just give it that little, that beautiful smoke ring and that nice, you know, smoky flavour. So that's what we want. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Now, 
for the viewers at home, we've already talked about pork ribs earlier today. Yeah. And they may not be familiar with sort of some of the differences between the two. So aside from the obvious, one's from a pig, one's from a cow. Yeah, yeah. What are, what would be some other differences um, that make beef ribs stand out? Well, they're my favourite. Like people love brisket, people love steak, this, that, and the other. I just love beef ribs. We've got the uh, the Cape Grim MB4, the Marble Score Four ribs, cut wow. to like comp spec, big fat buggers. They look beautiful. Oh, so that um, so they I prefer them to pork ribs. I mean, it's it's just preference really, but they're so rich they've got that fat marbling through it you don't have to go insanely sweet with them like pork you know you can just give it that nice sort of salt pepper garlic base sort of thing and it just you can just run with it from there and there's when it peels back from the bone everything's good so yeah Oh, yeah. lovely. Yeah, lovely. I know. I'll have to give you a taste later, mate. I will be over yeah, there. Yeah, so, so quick. Yeah, Sorry about that. Yeah. So if you could give a tip to the viewers about yeah. beef ribs, what would that be? Oh, just a nice, yeah, it's just just don't go overboard with it. Just go nice salt, pepper, garlic base for your rub and then just make your own lovely little barbecue sauce to base on at the end. Make sure you give it a good rest and the rest is history. Fantastic. Now, of all the hand-ins today, which one do you think has been your strongest? Poor mate, I, I'm a lamb lover. Like last week, we did some lamb in Bundaberg that was I thought was amazing, and the judges didn't think it was that good. But we've got the same lamb this time. Pretty much done the same thing because we're pretty sure it's amazing. <laughs> Best lamb cutlets I've ever eaten. So, um, yeah, hopefully they go all right. But yeah, lamb, lamb. That that does raise a very good point. A lot of the success in barbecue does hinge on the judging table that your uh, box time. lands on. Yeah, so. it, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the location where you are, how much barbecue people have eaten, how much of a sort of you know wide palate they have. Um, but you know, if, if you just get the right things going that everybody likes and do it right, then you're sure to do pretty well. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Now we hope so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now speaking of judging. Uh, judging spots are available at these barbecue competitions. You get in, you get in contact with the promoter when you first hear about it, and there's a course available in the mornings, and then you can come and judge that day. So, Fraser, thank you very much for your time. Mate, thank you. I appreciate Cheers. it. Best of luck at presentation shortly. Thank you. And for those of you watching, we're continuing on till nine o'clock tonight. The, the competition is ending. The party is starting. So grab your friends, get down here. Let's have a good time. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. It's sacrilegious. Ladies and gentlemen, um, have you all been tuning in to the Smoking Hot Confessions show all day today? Have you had a good time? That's awesome. Barbecue teams, have you had a good time? That's awesome. That makes me very happy. You're happy, I'm happy. You're happy, I'm happy. Can we have... A big round of applause for the barbecue teams, please. That's good. Okay, guys, without any further ado, I'd like to welcome... Um, can we have a big round of applause for the judging team and especially the guys that were the head judges, uh, Sinead, who's come all the way from Sydney, and introducing Dean Bradley here, and uh, Chris is somewhere down there. So a big round of applause for them. Dean's going to announce the winner now with, for the, without further ado. Thank you. Thanks, Julian. What a massive day of barbecue. Six hand-ins over five, six hours. It's been a big day. Um, I'm sure you're ready to hear the results. I'm going to announce the top ten in each of the six categories. And then if the top three of each category can come up to collect their trophy and their medals. So chicken... At 10th place, we've got Pit Crew Barbecue. We had a tie for 8th, My Q for You and Ham Dunk Barbecue. A tie for 6th, Double Barrel Barbecue and Old School Barbecue. 5th place, Turn Spit Dogs Barbecue. 4th place, Smokin' Sappers Barbecue. And up to the stage, can we have Bogan Barbecue, 3rd place chicken. Second place, Horns Up Barbecue. And first place, Chicken, can we get the boys from Primal Iron Barbecue up to the stage? Okay, now we've got pork ribs. We've got a three-way split for 10th. Double Barrel Barbecue, Turnspit Dogs Barbecue, Snake Pit Smokers, 
Ninth place, Flaming Mongrels. Eighth place, Sticky Fingers. Seventh place, Drunk on Smoke. Sixth place, Fifty Shades of Pork. We've got a tie for fourth. The Brizzy Basters and Primal Lion Barbecue. Third place, can we get the boys from Pit Crew Barbecue to come up? Second place in the pork ribs category, we've got Ham Dunk Barbecue. Okay, first place in pork ribs, we've got Country Boys Barbecue. Okay, moving on to lamb. We had some really good scores for lamb and the judges seemed to really like the lamb boxes today, which was great. Tenth place, we've got Turnspit Dogs. Eighth place, we've got a double split of Double Barrel Barbecue and My Q for You. Seventh, Smoking Dog Barbecue. Sixth, The Charcoal Kings. Fifth, Drunk on Smoke. Fourth, Primal Lion Barbecue. Third, The Brizzy Basters. Okay, second place lamb, we've got Black Bark Barbecue. Okay, like I said, we had a lot of high quality lamb boxes today. In first place for lamb, with a score of 354 points, we've got Sticky Fingers. Okay, we've got Pork. Top 10 for Pork. In 10th place, we've got Smoking Sappers. Ninth, the Charcoal Kings. Eight, Ham Dunk Barbecue. Seventh, Pit Crew Barbecue. Sixth, The Shank Sisters. Fifth, Pickled Pit Masters. Fourth, Bluebird Barbecue. In third place, come up and get your trophy and your medals. We've got My Q for You. In second place, can we get Sticky Fingers up here? Okay, the moment you've been waiting for. First place in pork, Country Boys Barbecue. Okay, moving on to brisket. I'll try to get these ones in order. In 10th place, we've got Pits and Giggles. Ninth, Black Buck Barbecue. 8th, Bluebird Barbecue. We've got a three-way tie for 5th, Bogan Barbecue, Sticky Fingers and Flamin' Mongrels. 4th, Turnspit Dogs. And in third place, the Brizzy Basters. Okay, second, Primal Lion Barbecue. Okay, in first place for brisket, these guys can cook brisket and they've driven all the way down from Rockhampton. Can we get my cue for you up here? Okay, we've made it to the last category, beef ribs. Tenth place, my cue for you. Ninth place, drunk on smoke. Eighth place, sticky fingers. Seventh place, smoking cods barbecue. Sixth place, the charcoal kings. Tie for fourth place, the flaming mongrels and country boys barbecue. Third place, old school barbecue. Second place in the beef ribs category, double barrel barbecue. Okay, first place in beef ribs, we've got horns up barbecue. Okay, now we're going to do the final placings from 10. In 10th place overall, we've got the smoking sappers. Ninth place, turnspit dogs. Eighth place, the flaming mongrels. Seventh place, Pit Crew Barbecue. Sixth place, the Brizzy Basters. Fifth place, Double Barrel Barbecue. Fourth place, My Q for You. We've got a trophy for third place that's going to Country Boys Barbecue. And here we are at Reserve Grand Champion. In second place, we've got Primal Lion Barbecue. Okay, so the grand champions of the 2018 Barbecue and Beer Roadshow is Sticky Fingers Barbecue.
Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Mayor Karen Williams. Thank you very much. Well, there it is, folks. The Barbecue and Beer Roadshow for 2018. Massive congrats to Primal Iron Barbecue on Reserve Grand Champion and Sticky Fingers Barbecue for Grand Champion. And thanks to all the folks who were part of the show. Join me next episode as I stay in sunny Queensland for one of my favourite barbecue events of all time, the Brisbane Barbecue Festival. Before I let you go, jump on over to Facebook and join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community. If you're into barbecue, we're into you. And finally, take a minute to subscribe, rate and review the show. This episode's supporter shout-out goes to Uza for their five-star rating and stellar review on Apple Podcasts. It is very much appreciated. Well, that's the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>